Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. Welcome back to Redneck Tech Podcast. This is episode 34, I'm pretty sure. About to get on the internet and double check that. Uh, sitting here at my desk, got four or five days off before, well, I say off. I have four or five days where I'm not on the road. So I'm going to try and get a podcast out before I get back on the road. Got one that I've been wanting to do for a while and it feels like a good one as I'm getting the truck packed to leave again on Monday to go to Kentucky and chase more turkeys. I've been on a turkey tour for a couple of weeks and uh, not going to lie, they have been getting the best of me and the guys that I'm with. It has been an absolute, gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, Rios are supposed to be easy to kill, but it turns out the ones that we were hunting weren't. It's not that they weren't, I don't guess it was because they were not easy to kill. It was, there were so many of them. It, they were hard to hunt, if you can believe that. Um, it made it to where every time we would get to a place to set up, or we would move, or we would try and get aggressive, we would bump turkeys. I bet we bumped 30 turkeys, you know. And we, we did kill three of them, but yeah, we should have killed way more than that. And, you know, and it's I guess that's a good thing to be disappointed if you kill three turkeys on a trip. Um, and really, three days, really. So, I mean, it wasn't bad, but... Rios, you're supposed to just stack like cordwood, man. They're they're known as not real smart. They're not quite as dumb as a Miriam. Uh, no offense to guys that are out west that like the Miriams, but um, by far the hardest turkey I've ever had to hunt and film is the Eastern, by far and away. Um, there's no comparison. But these Rios were, were giving us a run for our money, no doubt about it. Um... Before I get started, I want to make sure I point out that um, if you enjoy the podcast, if you like what we're about, what we do, and um, the information that we're giving, I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and give us a five stars. If you don't like what we're doing, tell us about it. If you do like what we're doing, tell us about it. You know, I want to know good, better, and different. I want to improve everything. Um, So leave us a review. Leave us a... uh, Write us a write us a review. Give us a five stars if you think we're worth five stars. If not, tell you know tell me what I could do to to earn that five stars. Um, that's how we get this message out there to more people. Um, like I said, it's kind of a way to kind of get it in front of the right people. I never did this to make money. I don't make money with it. And I actually spend money on this. Um, so it's one of those things to where I uh, I just really want to get the information out there, and I can best do that by people reviewing and uh, rating the podcast. You can do that on iTunes. Uh, If you don't know how to find it through iTunes, you can go to our website, rednecktechpodcast.com, or you can find us on Instagram, at rednecktechpodcast. Pretty much if you search rednecktechpodcast, any of your, you know, the places you like to search, you can find us. So, with that being said, what we're going to talk about on this podcast is gear. And... I'm not necessarily going to stay within just the outdoor filming gear. I'm going to talk about everything. When I, I'm talking about when I say everything, pretty much anything and everything I keep in my truck um, that I take on the road with me that I have here in my office that essentially just makes my job easier. Um, things that I trust, things that I've used 
and I'm not afraid to put my stamp of approval on. And with that being said, I'm not saying these items are the greatest. I'm saying they work for me, and I trust them, and I like them. So, without further ado, let's talk about the things that I feel like you have to have, must-have items. The first is a bat light, which some people call it a bat light. Some people call it a on-camera light. Some people call it a light panel. Some people call it a bunch of different things. But mine is the newer uh, N-E-E-W-E-R. They're like $37 on Amazon. It goes on your hot shoe mount, on your camera, cold shoe mount, whatever you want to call it, um, on your camera, on your DSLR, on your whatever. Or you can mount it with a quarter inch, um, the quarter quarter by 20 um, bolt. It will screw to about anything. It is an absolute must-have. They are awesome because they are so versatile. They The batteries last forever. They take the Sony bats. They take AA batteries. They take a couple of different batteries. They have adapters for a bunch of different things. But it's one of those things to where they're so worth it to have and to carry in your pack. I have two of them. I keep one in my truck as a tracking light, and I keep one in my hunting pack or my filming pack as a camera light all the time. And for 37 bucks, you can't not have one. Uh, another thing that I always have in tons of supply are cable ties. Whether that's uh, the Velcro cable ties, which I like because I can reuse and I can use them for other things as well, but I also have zip ties. I always have a pack of zip ties in about every one of my bags or I have a handful of them stuck down in a pocket or something because you never know when you're going to need them. Um, good earbuds. And honestly, the earbuds that I use most of the time is I've bought... Gosh, man, I can't tell you how many pairs of earbuds I've bought to test out different ones. But the best one I've used are honestly the ones that came on my iPhone. Um, the, the older ones, because the new one has the lightning plug, so you can't use it with your... Um, well, I guess you could get an adapter. Do they even make... Do they make an adapter to a cord? Whatever. Um, that's the ones that I use. are some of my old iPhone cable or iPhone earbuds. They work the best for me. They hold up. They're pretty tough. Um... They still tangle, which I've told you, I've done a tech tip Tuesday on how to keep them from tangling, and that's to keep get one of those Velcro cable ties, put it on the handle of your camera, and fold them up nicely every time you get done. That way you never forget them, and they don't, fall, they don't get in a knot in your pocket. Because if you put them in your pocket, guaranteed you pull them out, they're going to get in a knot. Um, and the reason we always have good earbuds is because you always need to be monitoring your audio. Even if you're just running a shotgun mic, you still need to listen to it every now and again. But I've had because I've had shotgun mics get water in them or get moisture in them, and they start having clicking and popping sounds. And if you don't know it's in there, well, all that audio you just record it's trash. So you absolutely need to you know need to monitor it. And if you're using wireless mics, you absolutely have to monitor it all the time. Not only for levels, but to make sure there's no rubbing of the shirt or a cable's broken. A lot of times the cables will wear out and they'll start making crazy funny sounds, and you'll need to monitor that and fix the cable or get a new cable or whatever the case may be. Now the things that I have that I keep on me all the time are my Pelican cases and my Cine bag. So I have a Cine bag that I carry all my cables and laptop drives, my 5D, several lenses, hard drives, I might have already said that, and uh, I keep my, you know, my USB battery backup, my dark energy battery backup. I, I mean, I, I keep my flash keep everything in that Cine bag and that's on my on the website under the gear page 
And my Pelican case is also under there. I have a couple of Pelican cases. I have the 1510, which is the carry-on size. I think it's the 1610 or 1650. I can't remember. Is the little is the good bit bigger one? Um, then I have a couple of other small Pelican like SD card holders and things like that. But I've always used Pelican cases. They're just about bomb-proof. Um, I don't worry about strapping them on the top of my bed cover, wearing them, getting about and get them rained on. You know, they're they're just another insurance policy, kind of like my bed cover, which I think that's actually, yep, yeah, that's coming up pretty soon, talking about my bed cover, which I've talked about that quite a few times. But I'm going to talk about it again. If you don't like it, then just skip over it. Uh, next thing is a good rain cover. Uh, a lot of guys will buy a nice, like, port-a-brace rain cover. I'm not a fan of those. They're just way more complicated than I need. I honestly will just use a really lightweight rain cover I can fold up in my pocket because I try not to use one unless it's just really, really raining. If it's just drizzling, I just let my camera get drizzled on, honestly. It doesn't, not knock on wood, I've never had it bite me yet. You know, those cameras are a little more rugged than we give them credit. Um, but with that being said, also one big, you know, Baptist drop in the wrong spot and that camera goes zap too. So um, do it at your own risk, but, uh, I keep a really lightweight rain cover that I just throw over my camera. It's also got two straps on it. That way I can actually strap it around the bottom of the camera. That way wind won't blow it away if I don't have my hand on the camera, uh, that kind of thing. Um, another thing you need to have that I think everybody needs to have, especially if you travel around doing this is a power inverter for your truck. If you don't have a, a new truck, which I don't I have a, uh, how old's my truck? 11 years old. It's a 2007. Is that how old it's been? Yeah, 11 years old. Yeah, so my truck's 11. It does not have um, a power inverter, so I have just a you know one that you plug in your cigarette lighter. Um, that way I can charge batteries while I'm going down the road. I can charge whatever, my laptop or any of that good stuff. Another thing you need to have in your pack, which I keep in my Cine bag, are polarizers for your lenses. You need to have a polarizer, and if you don't have polarizers, you need to have UV filters on all of your lenses to take care of your glass because that glass is the most important part of that camera. If that glass is you know, scratched or chipped or dirty, everything else looks just as bad. So buy UV filters, buy polarizers. Um, just look up. Usually most lenses say what millimeters they are on the outside of the lens. Just buy a uh, polarizer or a... UV filter that is that size and they screw right on your little lens should have uh, threads on the outside edge of it uh, the next another thing I keep in my uh, I have a toolbox and I told you about my toolbox but one of the things I keep in my toolbox is a paintbrush like a really nice purdy uh, paintbrush and the reason I keep that in there is that is the best thing to clean your camera with to get off dust and dirt and nastiness and my grandmother says kyarn uh, as I keep that paintbrush because that's a really good way to get in all those little cracks, creases, and crevices in your camera. Dust away all that stuff that you get on the road because our cameras get beat to crap. It's the best thing i found for keeping you know dust and gear clean. Another thing is buy a good pack. And I have two versions of a pack when I'm in the field. I have my Badlands Cameraman Pack, which is the only cameraman pack i found for doing tree stand hunts that will hold up. Because I carry some really, my, my camera arm's really heavy, my head's really heavy, so I bet that pack weighs about 45, 50 pounds when it's on my back, uh, especially with batteries and all. Um, and I had that game plan gear cameraman pack, and take you know, hate me, love me, whatever. That thing's a piece of crap. I've had probably four or five of them, and you load those things down with more than about 30 pounds, and these shoulder straps break on them. 
If you own one, I would reinforce those shoulder straps because that's what's going to let you down. Um, the pack itself is a great idea. It's not very ergonomic, and it's not made very well. It's made in Taiwan, Alabama. So um, I invested in the Badlands Cameraman Pack. I love it. Uh, it's the best one that I've ever used. So um, that's what I use for tree stand hunting or if I'm going to be carrying my camera arm. The pack that I carry around right now for like elk or spot stock is I carry a Tenzing 1200. Uh, I love the size of it. I love the comfort of it. Um, I, I don't like a full-size pack on my back when I'm doing a lot of walking because I get hot really easy, and that keeps me kind of cooler. I've actually got a Kafaru uh, tail gunner in the mail on its way to me, so I am ex anxious to try it out. It's also a kind of a fanny-style pack uh, with the big uh, chest or shoulder harness and all that good stuff. I'm excited to try it out. Uh, I've heard really good things about Kafaru. Looking forward to trying it out, and uh, once I get it, I will let you guys know, you know, my thoughts on it. But uh, that's the, you know, those are the two packs that I'm running with when I'm out in the field. My Cine bag always stays in the truck because it's one of those things that I've always got a bunch of stuff in. But I don't actually carry it into the field really, unless it's a like a commercial or like a you know content creation something. But like if I'm actually on a hunt, I carry that Tenzing or that Badlands pack. All right, some other gear that I use, I endorse, I do con content for, uh, full disclosure, I get paid by some of these people to do work for them, um, and some I don't, um, Diamondback truck bed covers, um, I absolutely love my bed cover, I've had, I couldn't tell you how many people ask me about it, it's an insurance policy, they're expensive, but man, you will never not own a truck without one if you ever use one, I promise you. I promise you, I guarantee you, you will love it. My next thing is my Rambo. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen or used any of the e-bikes, but um, I do a lot of work with Rambo, and I'm telling you, man, they're a game changer. Um, to tell you a quick story, we took our Rambo bikes, I took them from Georgia to Idaho, and from Idaho to Colorado. Uh, we rode them a good bit in Idaho on some, uh, on some logged roads, and I actually didn't do a ton of miles on them in Idaho, but got them to Colorado, and we really got to test them out. We uh, we weren't sure about how this area was uh, as far as legalities for using a bike or a bicycle on the trail, so we had to look it up before we used it. But the day before, before we knew what the rules were, there was a, uh, a trailhead that you can drive your truck to, and then you kind of have to get out on foot and walk. And uh, so we walked up this trailhead. It was about... I want to say, according to my Onyx maps, it was right at four miles with about a thousand feet of elevation gain. It took us about an hour, I want to say an hour and 10, hour and 20 minutes to walk it. And that's a good walk. You know, it's a up switchback. So you're, it's not a super steep, but it's steep enough to, you know, really get your legs burning. So uh, the, we walked it, found a wallow up there, liked the area. Uh, but it was uh, one of those things where, I mean, you got to leave an hour and 30 minutes ahead of time just to get up there to even start hunting. So we found out that we could use the bike. So my brother and Joey Dombrowski, a friend of ours that we were out there hunting with, actually got on those bikes, went up that switchback, and was up there in right around 10 minutes and never broke a sweat. You know, they pedaled some, they didn't pedal some. My brother's as big as I am. He's 6'2", 270. Uh, Joey's a little bitty fella. If you're listening to Joey, I love you. But Joey's just a little just a little feller. Um 
but they were on those two bikes, man, and did an hour and 20 minute walk in about 10 minutes on those bikes and had plenty of juice left to do whatever they needed to do. And that's in the mountains at about how elevation. We were like seven, 8,000 feet. We weren't terribly high, but that just gives you an indication of what those things can do. Um, another thing that I have that I love is my Garmin watch. I have a Garmin Phoenix, and I like to use it for weather, for barometric pressure, for all those great things for hunting and logging miles and all that good stuff. But I like to use it because it works really well with my Verb, and I can use it to... Um, talk to my POV cameras, start and stop them, all that good stuff. Um, love that watch. Not Never have really been a really watch guy, but I do like it. It's, it's a little bigger, um, and I have the Phoenix 3. I don't have that nice new one. I can't afford that stuff, but it's a nice watch. Um, another thing that I've talked about before is my toolbox. Is It's not really a toolbox. It's actually a tackle box that I bought at Walmart for like 30 bucks. I've had it for years. I actually have two of them. I have one for all my archery equipment all my bow stuff and then I have my other one for all my camera gear and it keeps uh, the tackle box it has so many little compartments and so many little you know clips and compartments and um, doors and all that good stuff that I use it to store uh, POV camera mounts uh, velcro clips mic cables tools uh, base plates uh, you know, I mean, you name it. I've got all kinds of stuff. And I need to go outside and take a good picture of each one of my little drawers um, and kind of show you what all's in it because it's got a bunch of stuff in it. But it's one of those things that you can keep up with all those little tiny things that you always seem to forget is you put all of them in that box and you've always got them. Um, the next thing is on my gear list, and I'm getting broad with this, but I'm just telling you all the things that I use that I love. I love my iMac. Um a lot of guys are PC, a lot of guys are Mac. I'll tell you my opinion. Uh, I worked in IT for two years before I got into this business, and I never worked on a Mac. I always worked on PCs because they were the ones that were always breaking. Um, Macs are more. They're, In my opinion, they're more user-friendly, but they're a little more expensive. But it's just like anything else. You get what you pay for. Can you get a more robust computer that's faster for cheaper on the PC side, yes, you absolutely can. But you have to mess with Windows 10. You have to mess with a uh, a Windows operating system. And I hate Windows. I absolutely detest it. And as long as I can afford it, I will run a Mac. Period. Um, I love my Magic Mouse. Uh, the Magic Mouse that comes with my iMac uh, has uh, gestures that, you, that essentially let you be able to edit faster. They let you scroll through your timeline. They let you move about. Um, it just it makes my workflow faster. So that's another reason I love my iMac. Uh, I have a stand-up desk here in my office. And this one's made by Uplift. Uh, I just I spent so many years at Sub 7 in the basement essentially feeling like I was my life was being sucked out of me because, first of all, there's no windows in that basement. And... Uh, we had these tiny little glass desks and I hated them and I hated sitting down all the time and I wanted to stand, but we didn't have stand up desks. So I just bought my own. I uh, didn't ask anybody. I just wanted it. So I bought my stand up desk and man, it's been a, it's been an investment in my health and I love this thing. Uh, I wish I would have got the bigger tabletop. I got the 60 inch tabletop. I wish I would have got the 72. Um, I think, 
I don't remember how much this desk was. It was six or seven hundred dollars. I think they're a lot cheaper now. But all it does is it's got a little button. I hit this button and it stands all the way up to where I'm in the standing position. I hit another button and it comes down to my sitting position. It is freaking awesome. Another thing that I put in my gear list is the Creative Cloud. And I've talked about this before. Um, I edit on Adobe Premiere. I do some work in After Effects. I use Photoshop a lot. I use Illustrator. I use Lightroom. I use a lot of the programs inside the Creative Cloud. And if you're going to be serious about doing this, you have to have the Creative Cloud because you're going to need all of those tools. You're going to work with people that are going to send you files that you're going to need to manipulate with those programs. Um, great thing about the Creative Cloud, if you know someone in education, if your mom or your wife or your girlfriend or somebody's in education, you can get a pretty good deal just like on PC or I mean on Mac. You can get a good deal on the Creative Cloud by using their education. Um or their, you know, their profession and education. So that's another really good way to hopefully save some money. Um, think my looking at my notes here. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is kind of my clothing. Um, when I talk about gear and as far as clothing goes, don't get me wrong. I'm a mossy oak guy. I love those guys. Um, but generally, the stuff that mossy oak gets put on, as far as the clothing it goes on, isn't. Is not as long lasting. It's not as well made as like a Sitka gear, and especially being from North Georgia and being in the redneck community that we are, and, and most you know hunters out there kind of probably uh, share the sentiment. But I have a lot of Sitka stuff. I have a lot of other stuff too. But I I I will find an excuse to wear my Sitka, not because it says Sitka on it, because it is so incredibly comfortable, and I will pay extra money to be comfortable. That is my thing when I'm in the field is I want to be comfortable. And I'm going to buy that stuff hand over fist no matter what camo pattern it has on it to be comfortable. And if if you know if they came out tomorrow and it was, you know, 10% more to buy Sitka gear with Mossy Oak, I would buy it in Mossy Oak, but turns out they don't do that. So I will wear my Sitka gear, especially the pants. I I mean I love the, you know, the tops a lot too. But the pants are what set it apart for me. The breathability, how light they are, how fast drying, how comfortable, how they're gusted in the right places, how they are um, tailored to your body versus just a straight leg pant. And they're super, super, super durable. I've had my Ascent pants for four seasons now. And after you wash them, they still look pretty new. And I have beat the crap out of those pants, man. Love them. Um, and if you are in, a, are, if you are a professional in this industry, or if you're a guide, or anything of that nature in the outdoor space, you can get forty percent off of Sitka gear. You go on their website and you sign up for their, I think it's their like guide and outfitter program. Uh, I signed up for that; it's worth it. And then once you get the forty percent off, it's about the price of like a Nomad or an Under Armour or something along those lines. So it really isn't that much more expensive, if any. Uh, another thing that I absolutely cannot live without are my Solomon boots. I have my mine are the GTX 3D. Uh, they discontinue those now. They are now the GTX 4D and they're about a $200 set of boots, but I've had mine for four years and they're still trucking and they are the most comfortable boots to wear all day in the field. I wear them 90% of the time. I will wear those over rubber boots. I hate, I detest rubber boots. I hate them 
with a purple passion because my feet sweat and they're heavy and they're you know cloggy and they don't fit well. I will I will let my feet get soaking wet, you know, over the tops of my boots and my Solomons before I'll wear rubber boots. I adore my Solomon boots, and I will put them up against any $400 pair of boots out there. Um, I already talked about my Badlands packs. I already talked about my Tensing pack. I already talked about don't buy. I'm looking at my notes. It says don't buy game player and gear packs. That's pretty funny. I've already talked about that. Um, now I want to kind of get into the camera stuff, which is probably why you were listening. And this is the stuff that I'm already that I'm currently running. So right now I'm running a Sony FS5 with a Metabones adapter. Um, I've got three lenses that I'm running right now: uh, Canon 16 to 35, 2.8, a Canon 24 to 105 f4, and a Canon 7200 2.8. I'm also running my Canon. 5D Mark II for my picture camera, DSLR. Love that camera. It's older, but man, it still it does the job. I'm looking to upgrade here in the next little while. I don't have to, but I kind of want to. Um, I'm, I'm debating on doing a Mark III or Mark IV or just going the Sony mirrorless route. I haven't made up my mind yet. When I do, I'll let you know. Um, I've got a Mavic Pro drone. Love that drone. Holy crap, I love that drone. Uh, my Garmin Verbs, I've talked about those plenty of times i hate gopro hate them hate them hate them i uh my fluid head i'm running is a sockler fsb8 t fluid head and the t i'm pretty sure is for their um stands for their quick quick detach mount um and that's essentially the the why that the why that head is so good is because of how quickly you can get that head on and off or how you can get the how quickly you can get the camera on and off the head it is absolutely worth the extra money to buy to to get that in my opinion it's a very expensive head but totally worth it um i also have my millen carbon millen millen i said it again miller carbon sticks i love those too they're lightweight super strong super bulky Uh, they are bulky but they're super sturdy and everything for what i need and it's a really big setup. That head and those sticks are a heavy, big setup. But man, they doesn't get any more rock solid than that. I'm running a, a muddy Boss Hog camera arm. Uh, they don't make them anymore. The only place you can find them is online, on like eBay, or find somebody on a forum selling them. It's the best camera arm out there, man. Um, they don't sell the bowl adapters anymore, so I actually had to make mine. So there's a lot of custom stuff I've, I've got going. Um... I have a Kessler Cine Slider. It's the Philip Bloom edition. It's a three-footer. I love it. It's got the track system so I can, or the pulley system so I can actually use it as a motion control rig as well. Um, I've got a ring light. I don't remember who makes my ring light. I use that for interviews. I carry that with me everywhere. I've got my three-point light kit. Uh, it's. I'm pretty sure it's on my gear list. If not, I'll double-check and put it on there. Um, I run the Rode NTG3 shotgun mic and the Rode Filmmaker lav mics. I've never ran the, the those lav mics until this last year and a half, and I'm very impressed with them. Super, super rugged, very, very clean sounding. Cleaner sounding than my Sennheisers were. Um, and they're a lot cheaper, too. So it's the Rode Filmmaker lav kit. Um, things I'm looking to get, which I've already said this about a um, few things, is... I'm looking to buy a Sony A7R2 or 3. Um, I'm going to see the you know the benefits between the 2 and the 3. I looked at, into it a little bit, but 
I think the 2 is going to do everything I need it to do. I'm looking to buy a small HD monitor, uh, the company Small HD, not a small HD monitor, but the company Small HD. I'm looking to get one of their monitors um, for studio stuff, for content creation, for stuff that's a little more controlled environment, not to carry in the field. I don't like carrying monitors in the field. It's just one more thing to keep up with, keep charged, keep safe, keep getting beaten up. And, you know, most places I go, it's going to get beat up. So um, I'm probably going to look into getting a uh, one of the handheld gimbals. I don't want to get a Ronin. I don't want to get a Movi. I want to get one of just the simple handheld ones because it can do pretty much everything, a, you know, the Ronin and Movi can do in a much smaller, um, much smaller price point and a much smaller footprint so that's why i'm going to get that and the goal is to buy red i think i'm going to buy red this summer if i can afford it it's going to be this summer or next year if i can't afford it this summer it'll be next year but really want one mike denon just bought one and he's like dude you got to get one and i'm like i know um but mike if you're listening uh thanks for rubbing that in buddy love you too um but yeah that's why uh that's you know that's what I've got going on right now. That's the gear that I'm using. Um, that's the stuff I believe in. I'm sure I missed some stuff. My laptop, I did miss a few things. I'm looking around my office to see what else I missed. Um, my laptop's a 15-inch a MacBook Pro. I carry that with me everywhere I go. Um, I, I record these podcasts on a Zoom H4n. Love that little recorder. I do a lot of in-field stuff with it as well. I think I put these podcast mics up. I don't remember what these are called. I think they're newer as well. I can't remember. Um, but I've got a couple other knick-knacky things that if you wanted to know more about, just let me know and I'll try and hit you up. Um, but really what you, need, what you need to remember is when getting into this business, it's expensive, um, but you get what you pay for in the grand scheme of things for sure to start a production company. But you think about it, Starting a production company is very, very inexpensive compared to starting a construction company where one piece of equipment would cost you, you know, upwards of a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars or a farming operation. You know, you can start a production company tomorrow for twenty five thousand dollars and have everything you needed to, you know, to get going. And it, honestly, you could buy every bit of it on Amazon and have it to your house in two days. There's very few businesses that you can do that way. So you know, just keep that in mind. If this is something you're looking into, man, there there's absolutely ways of doing it and doing it very cheaply in comparison to other things. So, hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember to rate and review. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Redneck Tech Podcast. Emails, Redneck Tech Podcast Gmail. And the website is rednecktechpodcast.com. Peace. Oh.